0: Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. Hi, this is Mark Arnold and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 27. We're still waiting for copies of Alvin, the story of Ross Bagdasarian Sr., Liberty Records Format Films and The Alvin Show. A reminder that I am scheduled to be on Stu's show live on April 22nd to discuss this book. And also, I will be on Phil Hall's online movie show to discuss it as, as well. Our guest today has worked for many years for Marvel's Crazy Magazine. Then he did Spies and Sabs for Cracked Magazine for many, many more years. And then even more years drawing sports cartoons. Here he is, Michael Risigliano. Okay, on the phone today I have Mike Resigliano, also known as Resig to fans of Cracked Magazine. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Fine. Good. So, um, yeah, we talked eight years ago or more <laughs> for yes. my crack book. If you're cracked, you're happy. You gave me a lot of insight and everything. Sure. Um, but, you know, that was then. This is now. So <laughs> uh, let's start all over again. <laughs> yeah, um, I
1: don't even remember that. I don't even remember many parts of that interview mark i no, don't it either it'll be very fresh
0: <laughs> but it made it into the book so if anybody <laughs> wants to read what we talked about way back when anyway yes. so um but uh i guess you know i usually talk about uh how people got their start so tell us how you got your start in uh doing drawing and art
1: okay well i'm you know i'm just a, like a lot of guys maybe i, I uh, you know was a fan of mad and and uh and also a fan of of the sports cartoons in the daily news which which uh, Bill Gallo and Bruce Stark at growing up and so you know part of my career has been as a sports cartoonist mm-hmm. the parts after crack i've been as a sports cartoonist and those two guys were the influence there but the crack stuff is very much influenced by being a you know a reader of mad and crack as a as a, a kid mm-hmm. <laughs> And then you know I drew in um, I drew at home and I drew you know when I got to college um, I ended up um, starting to do some stuff for the newspaper and I did a bunch of cartoons for my college newspaper and uh, and they all had kind of a mad magazine feel to them so I did editorial cartoons and some sports cartoons but they had more of a kind of a Uh, just kind of like a zanier uh, approach than a normal editorial cartoon would have. And I did some features there. I did one called The Beast of a Buffalo that was about a tuna casserole that attacked, you know, uh, faculty and administrators. Uh, That was kind of editorial in nature. And so, you know, it was kind of my goofy, maddish, crackish way of, of, uh, you know, uh, dealing with administration problems as a cartoonist.
0: <laughs> now, did you have any formal art training or any art classes growing up, or how did you get your start there?
1: I, when I went to my college, which was Buffalo State in Buffalo, New York, I, uh, I went to be an art teacher, uh, but I, um, took a lot of, uh, I took some painting and drawing courses. It's not really an art school, it's more of a teacher's college, it was at the time, but I, I ended up um, taking some drawing and and painting courses there, and then a, a number of design courses there, too. Mm-hmm. So that you know that sort of contributed to being able to you know come up with a style, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, not not other than that, no real formal training. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, if I remember correctly, uh, you you got your start your professional start, as it were. Uh, at marvel's crazy magazine is that correct
1: that's it is my first published stuff was for crazy and Marvel wolfman i think that was the editor then and um so my first cartoon was about wrestling pro wrestling and i and again i did the uh, i did the art and the lettering <laughs> on that not knowing much about typesetting and <laughs> and everything that was involved with it so I handed them uh I I think they ended up putting type over my lettering if I can if I re- recall that's a long time ago but yeah. but it was um uh yeah I did a few articles for them and then I you know I started kind of writing to the to crack the magazine to see if I could, I, I, I had applied at Mad and was mm-hmm. was um, you know told by by uh, the person that interviewed me at Mad was Jerry DiFuccio, mm-hmm. who was a, an associate editor then at the time, and and he said to me, you know, you should get in, you should get into newspapers there. Uh, you can draw daily there, and that will help you kind of develop your, you know, polish your style. Some and so you know, eventually I ended up doing that, but before that, I ended up you know, writing to crack and um, I ended up uh, connecting with Robert Sproul's kids Hmm. uh, to uh, his son and daughter who were running the magazine at the time, in essence, for him. He still ran it, but they kind of did the, the editing parts of that, uh. Job and they didn't like doing it. They didn't want to be stuck <laughs> with doing that job. <laughs> so uh, they, after a while, they kind of sensed that I really wanted to learn the business and learn about it and had the enthusiasm for it. So um, you know, I, I, I I'm 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 guessing I I told this story, but I'll tell it again. Yeah. You know, I I ended up in order to get the job. I ended up mailing. Um, a different item of a uh, possession of mine down to Florida, which is where they were based, every single day for a month. That's right. So right I would right. send, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, different things, including laundry and whatever. <laughs> down and and, uh, and and then the the last thing I sent was a a, a paper mache mannequin of Sylvester that I had, I had done. I I I I've done these paper mache dummies years, I did one of Howard Cosell that's been on Monday Night Football, I've done one of Robert Ursay, the owner of the Colts, when they moved from town here in Baltimore, but at the time, I did one of of, of Sylvester, that was really a good uh, likeness of him, and put it on a plane <laughs> to Madeira Beach, Florida, and they, and told them to get it at the airport, they did, and I was hired, wow. the next day. Wow. Um, <laughs> so it was it was kind of a unique way to get (laughs) hired but i but it worked and i was thrilled to be able to go down there and and meet with everyone there and it was you know it was it was kind of an odd um it was odd to be down there because you know where they were situated was far away and, and apart from the publishing world which was in mostly in new york at the time so it was it was it was, in, it was different,
0: <laughs> as I came to learn. Now, now saying all this, you've opened up a lot of questions for me. I, I want to go back to crazy for a little brief bit. Um, yes, sure. Uh, who who did you you, you talk to? Marv Wolfman was he the one who got you hired there?
1: Marv is the one that assigned me um, some some. After I handed in the wrestling article, he then gave me a few other articles to okay. do for them I'm trying to remember
0: well I remember the wrestling one because I remember this very obese <laughs> wrestler yes, <laughs> and it really okay. stuck in my mind we're talking about this is like 1976 is at the time frame it's roughly probably about
1: 1976 I want I I to even say I graduated in 74 so from college so it ha- it, it might have been 75 well
0: it right. could have been earlier yeah I mean yeah. I'm just saying when it was in print right. I wouldn't have known when you ah, turned okay, it in oh okay
1: gotcha yeah <laughs> Right, Yeah, so I, I, I did... I, mean, I remember doing one about street gangs, too. That's another one I remember
0: doing. Yeah, that's right. For that's crazy. Right. Yeah.
1: And I don't remember that many others. So, I mean, I did do others. I just don't remember the titles of, of some of those.
0: So, so um, the question now is, uh, why why didn't you stay? I mean, it was Marvel and, you know, everything like that. Or did crack just have a greater allure? What was your reason for changing?
1: I mean, I knew nothing about... You know, I needed. I wanted to make a living doing this work, and you know, I couldn't make a living doing uh, a monthly um, Drawing or a couple of pages for Crazy Magazine, especially at their rates. So, uh, I, 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 um, you know, I was looking for a job that was in house that I could learn the business. I see, and and learn about. Uh everything that was involved with with putting together those kind of magazines. Okay. And, um, and so when I got to Crack, this was a great education for me because I think the first day I was there I went in the back room and they had all the inventory on all the magazine pages that had been done by John Severin and Jack Davis had done some stuff for Crack and a bunch of other cartoonists that I was familiar with and And to see them in person, you know, live in front of me was the greatest education of how, you know, what art, what magazine art looked like at the time. Because I had a completely different idea of what, you know, about what I could and couldn't do for for magazines. I had no idea... That, how large you had to work how it was formatted all of that so it right. it was it really did it was a great thing for me to kind of go down there and, and learn that way right
0: and uh, you started as an artist there but you became assistant editor probably within a year was that your plan or was that just happenstance
1: no it, it actually wasn't that way Mark it was I started as I was hired as a an in-office kind of
2: person. I
1: never started as an artist. I
2: wasn't allowed to do art
1: initially. And uh, what happened was I was doing the art, but part of my job as uh, this person, which later became like an associate editor kind of job, was finding artists and finding writers, which at the time, Cracked, was undermanned there. They just didn't have a lot of different artists that they that the publisher trusted and so a lot of the art i want to say 75 percent of the art in that magazine was john severin right and john severin (laughs) could do different styles so he was a great art staff there there was there were other artists but but the bulk of that work was was john's and um how i ended up doing art was charlie rodriguez Uh, Who used to do? um, He used to do the shut-ups for Cracked, along with a couple of other pages. And I was always a fan of his style and and stuff. And and um, I remember when I first got down there and first talked to Charlie about his assignment or whatever he had to do. Then he he said, "You just got hired there." He goes, "You won't last for you know. You'll be working at the local McDonald's in you know in a month's time." (laughs) and i i said what do you mean because no editors last there nobody lasts with (laughs) with the publisher it's just a difficult place to be an editor or to do this kind of stuff right And and part of the reason for that was that it was um you there were no fax machines then there were no you know there was no email there was no anything and so all the art would have to come in from artists and then it would be sent back to New York after we made changes or corrections and they would have to reset type then it would come back here wow. so traffic control was a really really challenging <laughs> thing and what really made it challenging was was the publisher you know liked to talk to me about all his days in New York, <laughs> so oh. I would be brought in, and he would have these long discussions with me. And then a few days later, he'd say, "Where's, where's all the work?" <laughs> I'd say, "You know, I, I've been in the office talking to you all this." Yeah, stuff.
2: yeah.
1: So it was, it was, it was definitely challenging. But okay. But when, um, when Charlie Rodriguez quit, right, as I would call, I think he just decided he wasn't going to do it anymore for them. Yeah. Then he he asked me to try a page of shut ups and I in, in Charlie Rodriguez's style I guess. And yeah. so I I did that and I was allowed to do that art for, you know, a, a number of months after that and then they gave me a few other things to do art wise and writing wise. And um, I liked it. You know, like I liked that way more than I liked editing yeah. So um, uh, at one point he then challenged he just then said to me are you we need you to be editor i can't let you do the artwork anymore because it's taking away from your job and that's when i left i just said i you know i really want to be a writer at uh, a writer artist i don't mm-hmm. really want to be an editor and that's so we had kind of a, a parting of ways for a little bit
0: there yeah I, th- I think you know when i interviewed you before you know you had said that and i just said so let it go. And then today I'm like looking through my notes and what I realized is you got credited as an artist in cracked earlier than as an editor. <laughs> like you were doing it, but you weren't credited in the magazine, so that's where that came from. So That's
1: interesting. Okay, so I, don't, I really don't remember the sequence. Yeah. yeah, I mean I you could know, tell you I could it, tell you what it you says it here. It,
0: your first artist listing is in issue one twenty nine, which was roughly nineteen seventy five. And then right. the first assistant editor listing is one thirty six, which is a nineteen seventy six.
1: So. Okay, but I was doing the job, as, yeah. as, of an assistant editor all those those first few months that I was there before I was ever yeah. given a title. I was doing, in essence, the same thing, yeah, all that time.
0: And and I right. realized reading through Cracked, I mean, so many people got uncredited. I mean, writers especially. So, right. you know.
1: <laughs> a lot of writers got uncredited and again. Like, John. John Severin would would go in as different artists that he really wasn't, you know. Like right. it just there was there was a lot of that going on. The letters page was kind of, you know, I wrote the letters page, so yeah. you know it was just <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, you know it was it was an interesting experience for sure.
0: Now, did you get any real letters back then? I mean, I think I asked you that before, but I think it wasn't until Mort Todd took over later that actual real letters started flowing in. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I, I uh, when I was there most of the letters were written in crayon. You know, they were they were younger the letters were from younger readers than they would have you uh than they would have you want to uh, believe because uh, they wanted the letters to be more sophisticated. So the so the letters page was you know, I mean, we, sometimes we base the letters on some of the letters that were written, but most times we would write the letter and and the response, mm-hmm. and and you know, it would be uh, kind of a, a gag that would we'd set up with the letter, and then and then the response. So there were some letters that that were used, but I, but there were also <laughs> some that were that were setups that were that was part of my job as. You know whatever I was then down
0: yeah. there <laughs> well it almost seems like what's the point but I guess it looks good to have a letters page So
1: I, I think it looked good to have a, a letters page and you know it was it was slicker you yeah. know if, if, if you went through Mads letters I mean maybe they did the same I just think their audience might have been a little more a little older
2: maybe yeah. at the yeah. time
1: and so they, they could probably rely on some of their letters whereas yeah. this this one I don't know it was it was <laughs> It was problematical for the for the the publisher to to run these letters the way they were.
0: Right. Of course, you could have gone the route of National Lampoon and just totally faked them up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, that's that's right. Uh, I think this was yeah. This is more like a hidden ball trick. You know, like just try to get the right get a, get a fun make the letters page a fun page to read basically.
0: Right. Now um if you were down in Florida I, well, where were you before you were in New York or where were you before you Yes
1: I was in I was in Buffalo at school then I went home where my 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 family lived on Long Island Okay and then f- from there that's when I made the connection with the people that cracked and so um it was it was a year later I guess that I okay. was down okay. down in Florida
0: cuz I know you know like the address that was always listening cracked. At, at least in those days, in the seventies, was just kind of like a mail drop. Basically, it wasn't real a real office or anything like that.
1: Right. Yeah. This was uh, this was a Florida office that they had set up down yeah. there. That he, he uh, the publisher lived down there and loved living in, in Florida, and he was determined to make it work mm-hmm. despite the the inconvenience of you know <laughs> this kind of mail. Uh, mail traffic, you know, issues that would always be part of the deadlines with that magazine.
0: It's kind of funny, you had to ship it back and forth so many times.
1: (laughs) It was insane. I I, I honestly, you know, you'd never even, it'd be easy to do that type of thing now.
0: Of course,
2: yeah.
1: (laughs) Back then, it was a nightmare because, because... uh, it had to cross it probably went into a piece of art one one article probably went back to New York three or four different times <laughs> uh, you know mailing it before it actually ended up there and was published wow from there it was it was. <laughs> It
0: was wild, man. Uh, Do you know if anything ever got lost? Like, I remember once Sergio Aragone said, I've been in every issue since, I don't know which one, 76 or something years ago in 1962 or something. He says, I've been in every issue except one because uh, he mailed his marginals in once and they got lost in the mail. Ah,
1: right. I... I... Honestly, I, there had to be things that were lost. I'm probably just forgetting specific ones. Okay. There had to be things that were lost during that time. I, in fact, I can almost i, I do vaguely remember a John Severin cover getting lost, and John having to do another cover. Oh wow. I, I do remember that, but I don't remember the specific cover or the you know the specific time frame on that. Yeah. But th- I think we dealt with that. A few different times. They were good about it. They had a system, sort of down. But it was it was it was challenging.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now, um, did your um, role change over time when you were the the editor, as it were, or did you basically do kind of the same thing that during the whole time you were doing it?
1: I, I, other than doing the art as part of it, and then having the art taken away from me, I, you know, it was the same, which was you know uh make sure that writers particularly joe catalano he was kind of the main writer then and he he wrote he probably wrote 75 percent of the magazine or at least
0: 50 percent of it yeah for a time yeah
1: (laughs) yeah for uh, for the time i was there i think and so it was always i always talked to joe great guy i had a lot of fun with him and so we I had a relationship with Joe, you know, on the phone, and and with John, and with, you know, a few of the other artists, and it was always kind of just staying on the line, making sure that they had, uh, you know, had their full allotment of work, and then, you know, the rest of the time, you know, coming up with concepts for, for articles, and, and, Suggesting concepts to them, or going through over concepts with the publisher, and and coming up, and a lot of part of that too was coming up with a lot of the kind of specials, because that 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 was a job that 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 editing editing job entailed was kind of coming up with some games and 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 things that we could put in to kind of spruce up the the, the reprint issues. Yeah, and so I did do a lot of art for them over the years uh, for those reprint issues and even some art when I was doing the editing stuff down there too uh, and writing for for some of the inserts. Now,
0: did you actually compile the material that was in a special or
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of that came from down in Florida, you know, okay. like a lot of the concept work and mm-hmm. some of the writing and art like I said cuz I did some of the writing and art for a, a number of those those uh, games and posters and and things like that, not all, but I would yeah. but a lot of the concepts some of the concepts for those
0: now do you actually I, design uh, the game or is it all the games kind of based on like monopoly or something? <laughs> I don't even remember I played a couple of them but
1: uh, they were there was there were some more creative approaches than just monopoly games there were certainly were some games I remember that were monopoly based but there were other things in there that were there was a I know there was a, uh, uh, like a uh, a dinosaur one that we did for a monster one that I did the art and the writing for that was kind of fun, I just don't remember all the specifics right. of it, you know, um, uh, it was all these different species of dinosaurs, things like that, <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm, not, I'm honestly blanking on some of the games That were there But it would be fun for me to kind of go through It's <laughs> funny I, I, I had a, a bit of my artwork out I, I haven't looked at it in so long But there was someone that was interested In a piece of the art So I kind of pulled it out And I was looking for this one particular Spies Centerfold yeah. And as I was going through them Then I kind of Was rem- remembering having done a number of these features over the years, including the, the spy stabs marginals but also the centers folds that I did for a number of years and they, they had a thing called the cracked page which was kinda like a top ten list yeah. that I did wrote and drew mm-hmm. for a number of years too. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, after a while I was after a while I was doing they were giving me, you know, four or
0: five pages an issue which was a lot of fun for me to do right I remember you had like the center spread always yes and uh occasionally you did covers or at least pieces of cover like I think we talked about this last time you had that one uh, I thought it was a collector's edition but it was like a Gulliver's Travels with uh, Severin yeah that's
1: I'm sure we talked about it Because that is my favorite <laughs> thing I ever did a crack Only because I got my art And John, you know, in there with John's art Who I loved so much and respected And, and you know, we worked on it together You know, by mail But we worked on it together And it just was just a fun piece When it came out And, uh, uh, yeah, I I want to say That's the only cover art I ever was involved with Other than you know, either concepting a cover Or having a, you know Like a, a blurb or something on a cover But not, I never did A cover painting for yeah. for Crack besides that
0: I think I remember you, did, you know, occasionally Like a spy or sab would be on the cover Just in the corner, but you probably weren't even aware of it The, the editor probably yeah. slapped it on there Or something That but. could be, I mean
1: I, <laughs> The thing about spies and sabs that was Fun for me is, I love Sergio Aragonis so. Uh-huh. You know the stuff's obviously derivative of his, but I, yeah. but I also at the time I had talked the publisher into letting me, you know, work, you know, basically draw on the artwork, of or paste onto the ar- artwork, <laughs> you know, so that so that rather than just being the marginals, they would be interacting with with the the main art with John Severin's art, say, right. where a guy would be putting. Devil horns behind a saboteur would be putting devil horns behind some character in a John Severin piece, and John was all right with it, and the publisher encouraged it too. So that was kind of fun mm-hmm. to be able to do that that type of.
0: Now, now, talk about the origin of it Obviously you said it's derivative of Sergio It's also kind of derivative of Spy versus Spy By right. Antonio But uh, was that the intention Or was it just to get a marginal thing Or what was what was the intention I think, behind
1: it I, I'm, I don't re- actually remember I'm sure it came from the publisher You know like like Suggesting that we come up with something Along those lines or whatever And then I just You know this is what I, I came up with Was these little kind of Yeah, you're right. It's very, it's very reminiscent of both, kind of combined both elements, you know, Um, and then, you know, I I still want to say the humor and it was my humor, you know, like, and I, uh, so I, it was very reflective of, of that kind of, of kind of like practical joke type humor, which I uh, kind of enjoyed. So, yeah, that's, I, again, was just looking at pages and pages of these things, and that's what I would do, is I would come up with a full page of all these different marginals, and, and then we'd, you know, put them in there, or, or we'd have the people in New York put them on pages, with, and with some art direction from us down there. Um, it was, it was, like I said, some stuff I actually just applied to the art myself. When the art was there for me to do it with, when it was in transit and I couldn't, then I'd have to art direct it from right. from up from down there.
0: Now, is it always your intention to continue? I mean, the feature lasted, I think, about twenty years. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> and but, uh, but I, was it supposed to always be spies and Sabs or were you trying other concepts that failed, or anything else, I, or? Yeah. I think he. I think I just rolled with
1: what they were wanting me to do, and that's that, and I wanted to work, and so, you know, I I forgot who suggested that they be a centerfold, yeah. but, you know, it worked sort of as a centerfold for them, because, you know, those centerfolds, even in Mad, and even in Cracked, were busy things, and I, I enjoyed doing kind of busy Scenes, And so we did a lot of those Spies and Sabs at the Winter Olympics or Spies and Sabs at a, the Star Wars bar or yeah. Spies and Sabs at a, a football stadium. Mm-hmm. That type of thing where we could kind of have a lot of activity going on on both pages and mm-hmm. also work in the kind of interplay between the the Spies and, and, and the Saboteurs, which they initially were called uh, investigators. They were saboteurs and investigators, but th- I think that also came from the publisher that they'd be called spies and saboteurs, because
0: it was closer to the magic right. product, right, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Now, uh, you know, you started off just as an artist, or did you do writing from the beginning? Because, again, you know, going by credits, you didn't get a writer's credit for, like, Many years later. (laughs) So, so most of your Uh, stuff, did you write or did you have other people writing your stuff as well? Or
1: what did you do? I I did all of that. I did a a number of those things. I know I wrote, I think I wrote the Shut Ups, which was my first. And I also wrote, we used to have the Great Moments feature on the back page. And I wrote Andrew some of those, but I also wrote some for other artists to do. And then I wrote some that I eventually got to do on the on the back page there. So yeah, I I I enjoyed the the writing aspect of it as much as I enjoyed the the artwork part of it too. And I can't draw uh, like some of the artists that have drawn in mad or cracked, but because I can do both things, I think that's why I was able to kind of, you know, get Get the amount of pages I got right. in there, and um, and like I said, you know, towards the towards the middle to the end of that run, there I was doing a good amount of pages in the in the magazine. Yeah. And I think part of that was that it was easy for them to kind of, you know, have me write and draw the pieces, and yeah. they trusted that, and so they could just go right from they could go, you know, writing
0: and art together, and then. You know, put it in the magazines. Yeah, did did you write the great moments that uh, Warren Sattler tended to draw, or no?
1: I I am a, I am thinking that I wrote
2: some. Okay. The
1: publisher wrote some. I remember that okay. he could have a concept occasionally and
2: yeah.
1: and would throw it out there. So I think uh, Bob Spole wrote a few of those. Okay. I'm sure Joe Catalano wrote some. I, I think okay. it was more of you know, you would, we would submit ideas and, and, you know, whichever idea worked best, that right. would go to the, uh, the art artist that it was assigned to, okay. which Warren, Warren was assigned a lot of those when I yeah. was there, I
0: think. And it seems like, you know, they assigned ones where, uh, you know, not to belittle your art, but um, uh, if there was a caricature involved, it seemed like Sattler got it more than you, you know, it's like...
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's probably right. I mean, I am, I, I do... I can do caricatures just fine right now and part of that is from doing sports cartooning and whatever mm-hmm. where I'd have to do it. but at the time you know I was kind of are you still there? Yes. I think my phone is starting I'm going to do something here I'm going to connect it to a wire down here just in okay. case I, I'm hearing a beep so I'm not sure Okay. Hang
2: on
1: a second if I lose you I'll I'll, I'll, I'll okay. call you back maybe Okay. Beep, but, <laughs> uh, um, Let's see I where mean, Okay. Yeah
0: make uh, a note of this so I can edit it a little bit
1: <laughs> right right yeah that's
0: right usually I leave it uncut but if you know we talk about like oh my phone ah, you know anyway right exactly <laughs> um uh. so uh yeah Warren Sadler you know that one I remember is like it had uh it was like uh Prehistoric version of the Beatles or something, and then there's a caricature of George oh, Harrison. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, one, I don't right. know if you wrote that one, but I remember they got Sattler and I said, "Yeah, they probably got him because he knows how to draw the Beatles or right. something." Yeah,
1: right, probably right. I, I'm <laughs> sure that that was the case, you know, and that, and I'm sure they would also happily use John Severin if he could, could yeah. have, but he's probably too busy doing
0: you know 25 other pages in yeah. there and then the like ones I remember sure. you did were more of the grotesques like I remember this one with like a caveman giving nose jobs and smacking him in the head with a flat nose <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so, yeah
1: that's right that's right so, hang on one second sure
0: sure <laughs>
1: okay now I got a wire in there so I'm hoping uh-huh. that'll okay. if, we, if we if that's, a, if that's a, the okay. thing so, <laughs> so yeah no that's uh that's that that is all true and that was kind of fun to do those uh, do the color work on those because that was my first chance to do color whenever I would get one of those assignments it would be fun to do color on the back cover
0: and um, how did you do that back then I mean you colored it you know the typical layers of plastic the way they used to do layouts that way? The... Correct. Okay. It was
1: all amberlith overlays. Yeah. So it was, you know, a number of those, if you look back on them and they'd be, like, full color, it would be, like, you know, seven amberlith, you know, cut color things, you know, on top of one another. It, was, you... a, it was a lo- much longer process than and, now.
0: And you did it all yourself, or...? yes oh wow
1: i did i cut my color and i cut i did my drawings and i cut color on, on top of that for those for those particular pieces of yeah. art uh, you know for other things um yeah i think other things i cut my own lith on and any kind of gray tones too
0: so yeah. so did you put zip screen i don't remember you know I,
1: I did do some zip tone
0: yes screen
1: back then too on 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 some of the art I, I i also did that but i also after a while i just kind of just did these amberlet overlays it ended up being cleaner yeah. for me to do it that way
0: yeah it's just funny nowadays you know it's all on computer <laughs> yeah and i have to think back oh yeah they used to do it that way you know it's like...
1: exactly <laughs> exactly you know it's it's uh yeah it's a much easier cleaner kind of process right now
0: You you mentioned Charles Rodriguez. Was he down in Florida, or you were just speaking with him over the phone as well?
1: He was over the phone. Okay. I don't. Didn't he live in Massachusetts? I don't. know
0: I don't know. Really, that's kind
1: of my recollection, but I don't really remember that. But he was. He was brilliant. I loved. I loved his stuff. I loved the Aesop's Brothers and in in Lampoon, and I loved. You know uh, the other stuff that he used to do at the time, and I loved what he did for Cracked. He always thought of it as kind of like a, you know, like a second, a secondary type of job for him. He preferred some of the other things, you know, this Playboy work and his other stuff. Right. But I, you know, for me, those were among my favorite pages in, in yeah. Crack, just because his drawing style was so yeah. funny.
0: Well, Mort Todd always says he used to pour over, you know, <laughs> Rodriguez's so work. He used to pour over it because there'd be like, you know, basically piles of white out you know it was just kind of the way he drew you
1: know? yes right yeah <laughs> i'm also my work is also very messy too oh, okay okay
0: <laughs> i mean i have seen I'm, some of your originals but it's like the original i have of yours didn't seem that messy but it was a spies and sap centerfold and it seemed pretty straightforward so i don't know
1: Yeah. back in the day especially <laughs> especially when i was using the Zip-A-Tone, there'd be pieces of food caught under zip tone <laughs> and whatnot you know so it's it's uh, it, it was a better process to go the other way
0: for me I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a very neat artist so, but my question about asking about uh, Rodriguez mainly is um, uh, apart from the Sprouls, were you, was did any artists ever come down there or is it all done in the mails back then
1: no artist that I when I was there I was only there for a year okay. so um, no artist or writers were, were yeah. actually there you know or came there um, I want to say maybe Joe came there one time but I I got to meet some of the artists when they had one, the crack reunion the right. big crack reunion they had the one time and including including Don Martin who was working you know for Cracked at the time he was part of that reunion too and of course that's the first time I'd ever gotten to meet John so I was very, very excited to meet John at that at that reunion, and John had drawn me a number of times into into some of his artwork. He would he would throw me in there occasionally. He had photos of me, and <laughs> so you what I look like. And he, I have you know some pieces of art of his that I, that uh, that were drawings of me. It
0: was really yeah. kind of really cool to get those in there. <laughs> Now, um, you mentioned kind of vaguely earlier, but you didn't work at Crack straight through, right? You quit for a bit, or how did that work?
1: Well, it was it was kind of a you know kind of a falling out really uh, at the time uh, with with the publisher. I just I just did not want to only edit there, and that's kind of what he was restricting me to. And so I I felt almost it was stupid in a way. You know, I felt like the only way I'm really going to do art is to leave as an editor and submit as an artist. But mm-hmm. he was so angry with me <laughs> for leaving as an editor that I wasn't allowed to do art for, you know, a year or so at least. And then eventually they kind of let me back into it okay. as an artist.
0: That and, was a, uh, so oh, was was a sprowl. That was a sprowl, so he did let you back?
1: Yes. Okay. I, I okay. Again, I'm vague on I'm remembering the time Line on all of that, but I think eventually they let me yeah, back into me. the mix. It might not have been under him, though. It might have been when they had a different, well, let's uh, see, it's, different it's, set of editors. Well, there. Sproul
0: was there till 84. Okay, 84.
1: so no, I, I definitely did artwork for them. You okay. know, before that, I'm sure that although you probably have the records of it, Mark. I, you
0: know, yeah, I well, I, have, I indexed <laughs> everything, but yeah. Um, and then um, I think you know everybody left briefly you know, when Paul Lakin took over and the whole thing, you know, when Sproul got out of it. And, uh, right. But then slowly, everybody started coming back. Now, were you approached by uh, Mort Todd, a.k.a. Michael Defamine or did you pursue Cracked again, or how did that work? How did you get back in the in the I, later I don't,
1: 80s? I honestly don't remember. I know uh, Michael... Um, I did do a lot of work for Michael, yeah. when when he was or Mort. Uh, so it might have been him that reapproached me. I'm not sure. I don't remember if I did work for Paul. I did do work for Paul, so it might have been it might have been Paul. Okay. But I don't I don't honestly I wish I did recall it better. I just don't.
0: Yes. Yeah. But you mentioned that thirtieth anniversary party. That was when Mort was at the Hell Yes, correct. So, yeah. <laughs> correct.
1: And at the time um was Jerry DeFuccio there then too? So there was. It was a little was, bit of an
0: overlap. So yes, I don't know if he came in exactly at that point. So it was around the thirtieth anniversary, or a little after, you know, somewhere around there.
1: Yeah. So it was. You know, uh, I loved working with Jerry, and I would, you know, go in to the offices and, and meet with those guys. So Jerry and, and Lou Silverstone was you know the editor there for a while and I loved working with Lou too and those are two mad magazine guys that right. I really got a kick out of you know hearing stories from those guys about all of that and another editor I'm blanking on his name that worked with Lou like a co-editor
0: uh, it was probably you, you, you well after after uh, Jerry left I got Andy Simmons so. yeah Andy right yeah, I'm yeah, sorry yeah. I just sorry. forgot Andy's That's okay. name <laughs> I'll
1: help you. Yes. <laughs> no. no, yeah, I, also yeah. a great guy. But,
0: but that's, yeah, through, that's through the 90s. After Mort left, yeah, in 1990, then, you know, the 90s were pretty much Jerry, Lou, and then Andy later, and that right. was the 90s. So.
1: And that's probably when I did the bulk of my artwork for, for mm-hmm. practice under those guys, because they, they just kind of were content to just kind of let me do my thing, basically, you know, during those years, so...
0: Did they give you much direction, or they just trusted much what
1: I, you did? <laughs> I think they were depending on me for a few pages per issue, plus the crack page, plus you know the marginals and all that. So they, they, and then maybe another article or one. I did a few. I, I did a number of like one pagers kind of like Don Martin type one pagers for a while there, yeah. especially when Jerry was there, because he liked. He loved Don Martin as did I, and so he he liked the, the whole concept of one-pagers, which you know a number of different artists have done those over the years at Prague, But I I also could do those and I could write those, so so I did I did some one-pagers under Jerry and continued to do some some under uh, Andy with Andy and Lou there.
0: Yeah, and well, during those later years, uh, the, the whole operation came back to New York. Um, Did you work in the office there, or were you out of your house at that point?
1: I mean, I did stuff out of my house, but I would go in, you know, it was about a two-hour train ride from where I lived out on Long Island into the city, and so I often would go in. Sometimes I would work there, but most times I'd work on the things at home, but a lot of times I would go in just to kind of meet with them and, and, you know, hang with them a bit and get some feedback on stuff, so I, I definitely got to... I I definitely was in the office a decent amount of time when when Andy and and Lou were there and and Jerry. Mm -hmm.
0: And did did you ever once go back to doing like your assistant editing type job or was that just a one-time only thing?
1: That was a one-time only thing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I could have done it just fine and I think I would have been happy doing both jobs. I don't think I would have left if I was allowed to do art, and write yeah. and edit under under uh, Bob, but you know the edict was not to do that, and maybe I even misunderstood what he wanted to do there. I don't know. It yeah. just seemed it just seemed like you know the thing that I wanted to do most he was not allowing me to do, and so I felt like I had to you know started in another direction again i ended up working for a greeting card company after the, you know i worked for american greetings for a while and mm-hmm. and learned some stuff there and and so um but but after after leaving american greetings and working for the newspapers that's when i picked up
0: doing cracked again mm-hmm. and had that you know nice long run with them mm-hmm. you mentioned the newspapers that i'll just mention uh were you doing just sports cartoons then or was it just any variety of type of spot illustration or what type
1: of stuff? Well, I was, hired, I was hired in 1980 I don't know, 1978 I guess it was for, at the Buffalo Courier Express to be just a staff artist. But I, but you know, Buffalo's a good sports town and so it, I just kind of ended up um, starting to do these weekly sports cartoons there and then i, I you know kind of name made a name for myself in buffalo as a sports cartoonist there we had a great editorial cartoonist in tom tolls who is the editorial cartoonist now for the washington post so so um you know i did the stuff in buffalo then i then that paper folded i ended up in baltimore at a, a newspaper, that paper folded, and I ended up at a different newspaper in Baltimore, at the Baltimore Sun, the Evening Sun, that paper folded. <laughs> <laughs> and then ended up at the Morning Sun, and that's when you know, I was doing work for USA Today and the Baltimore Sun and the LA Times. and, um, and oh, These were all sports cartoons, though. And, okay. and then, you know, those things faded away when newspapers started shrinking, you know, about five years ago, six years ago, when when mm-hmm. newspapers were, were really shrinking and their budgets were shrinking. And, and sports cartooning became kind of uh, where it used to be a big thing yeah. for me growing up. It just became a luxury for a lot of newspapers. And they did a big article on it in the New York Times, in which they used my art, and and featured me there was only three sports cartoonists at the time in the country that they could find <laughs> in the articles wow. well, it was a great it was a great article
2: yeah.
0: you
1: know, look it up sometime it's really a good it's It's really a good article about the dying art of, of sports cartooning
0: right The only thing I can think of off the top of my head, other than the ones you mentioned at the beginning, like Bruce Stark or something like that, is, you know, they occasionally put that comic strip Tank McNamara in the sports section.
1: Sure, you know, and and we actually, there was a guy in Buffalo um, that took a class of mine up there, and we started a comic strip called Sneaker which was kind of an alternative to to Tank McNamara for for two newspaper towns. So, Mm you know, in other words, if if a newspaper had Tank McNamara in it, and the other competing newspaper wanted a sports-type comic strip sneaker was that, but Mm -hmm. the problem was newspapers were, two newspaper towns were already shrinking rapidly at that time, so we didn't really, we weren't able to sell to enough newspapers to make it worth our while, and... That that comic strip never got off mm-hmm. off the ground, but um, but yeah, my sports cartoons over the years are more like you know a like a a Bill Gallow one, but more again, more Mad Magazine, more panelly, right? You know, more multi-panel type cartoons with kind of a zany you know twist to it, and um, yeah, I've made a living basically doing sports cartoons until the last few years
0: or so. Yeah, I was going to say, do you still do them now? Or I think when we talked last, you were still doing them pretty regularly, but that was a while back.
1: No, I I mean, I do do one one a month for uh, a publication here called Press Box, and I do do just an occasional one for the Baltimore Sun, but there's just not you know a crying need for for sports cartoons anywhere right now or at least the budgets or the pages in yeah. newspapers to have those so i don't really have any other than the monthly press box gig i don't really have a uh, you know a venue for the sports uh, cartoons anymore unfortunately yeah. yeah
0: do you ever approach the biggie mad (laughs) nowadays now that they've changed editors and everything
1: no i haven't i I don't you know i haven't done that i uh, I probably (laughs) should give it a shot it would be a dream come true if i did i
0: I I, know a couple people you know bob fingerman went over there you know he'd never been in mad before now with bill morrison in charge there he is and i go huh? okay
1: (laughs) Well, that's awesome for him that's that's, that's great i'm not I don't know that I'm ambitious enough to do that at this point, but I might try. <laughs> no
0: big deal. I always ask people. It's like eh, yeah. you know, some people. Are like, oh. <laughs> but, I uh, you
1: know, I, I did I did start doing that trivia thing that I do on Facebook now that you've seen, and yeah. and and uh, you know, I did sell it to Go Comics for a three-year period, and I just I couldn't. I I wasn't. I was hardly making any money on it at all, and I wasn't. I couldn't really do it the way I wanted to do it, which is kind of the way I do it on Facebook now, where people can post photos and videos and whatever. It's just much more of a fun, interactive thing on mm. Facebook. I don't get paid for it on Facebook, mm. but I, but I enjoy. But a little like I got paid at GoComics. It doesn't really. It didn't really matter anyway. So right. I prefer having it where it is, and you know, and you know, I, I guess I'm still. Hopeful that, that you know, at some point, I could find someone that would be interested in it, or uh, you know, uh, pay pay better than Go Comics did for for uh, you know something like that. Because it is fun. People people you know do it all the time. It's very very active uh, game almost every day that it's on there. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, I, in a previous podcast, I talked to Joe Waz who he does maze tunes and actually he does pretty well with that and he just draws mazes you know it's kind of a bizarre little thing that he does that (laughs) took off somehow does
1: he do them on Facebook or he does them through Go Comics well it's through Go
0: Comics but he also gets in the newspapers too with it and it's like it's kind of a weird kind of latter day you know considering today's newspaper success i mean he's not in three thousand papers like a peanuts or something like that right. but i mean sure you know but it, you know it was, it was kind of like it, it was a kind of a bizarre success you know that you know just happened to him and it's i like, have
1: to look i'll have to look that up that's yeah. really fun that's it's great that's great for him yeah. and and you know i i left on good terms with go comics yeah. and you know it was it was with the idea that i would maybe try something different for them but I just haven't done it so yeah. so uh, you know I if I were to do it with them again it wouldn't be this type of feature because this type of feature even though I had a, a good a nice following there it's just the way that they pay there for for posting and reposting for people's posts it just didn't add up for, for the amount of work I put in on that every, uh, every day
0: mm-hmm yeah, uh, going back to cracked a little bit, and then we'll talk some, about some other things you've done. Um, sure.
1: So you were at cracked
0: uh, pretty much almost to the very end. I mean, uh, is that correct? You're. Uh, I think so. Yes. Dick, Dick Culpa took over and everything.
1: Yes, correct. Uh, I, yeah. uh, I think I did much less work when Dick Culpa yeah. took over, though. You know, I think they were going in a little bit different direction than I wanted to go in. You know, like it's a little more. Adult, yeah, and I, I, you know, I just, I, I wasn't on board with that. It's not yeah. like I don't do adult type things. I just thought, you know, I just, I've always thought a crack is not an adult thing, so I just, right. I kind of <laughs> backed off i kind of backed off of it at that point
0: yeah i was just kind of curious yeah you, it seemed you know, like it, near the end you appeared but so do others that appear less frequently you know and then yes. there's other artists that appeared more frequently so it's just kind of a transition at that
1: point yeah so. there was a transition then and i was i was very busy then with 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 sports cartooning stuff so i didn't really have a, a ton of time to, okay. to vote for it anywhere nor the you know i had really steady income flows at the time from the newspaper stuff too so so i didn't really need to be doing the crack stuff at that at that point i don't think
0: yeah you said you sound like uh walter brogan i interviewed him again you know (laughs) it's like he didn't need to do crack but he liked doing crack at the time you know and then
1: yes (laughs) always always i like doing it because i you know it's the closest thing i've had to you know my sense of humor basically which is even with newspapers i have to kind of bend the way i write a little bit more whereas with crack my natural kind of writing style my natural kind of drawing style is is that kind of you know uh satire magazine kind of style a la mad
0: yeah now, if something like cracked or anything came back, or any humor magazine, or is that where your interest would lie nowadays, or are you just kind of done with that and more interested in other cartooning opportunities?
1: Well, I'm looking for any cartooning opportunities <laughs> right now. I just don't have a ton of them, but yeah. that would be totally in my wheelhouse, and oh. I would love to resurface that way. You know, I just don't, I just don't know where those are. Yeah. Right now, Mark, I just don't... You know, I just think it's hard to find them. And I'm also lazy, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... I, I uh,
0: well, you've only been drawing I, I for 40 been, years. I, I don't been been know as as how lazy you are, but okay.
1: Right. <laughs> but I haven't been as ambitious as I should be right. on some of these fronts. And I should do more things. Like, I'd like to try... I don't think I'll sell any, but I'd like to try to submit some New Yorker type cartoons. You yeah, so know, just yeah. just different types of things yeah. to kinda to do that that, you know, would be funny and you know, use funny illustrations. That's yeah. I, I'm happy to I'm happy to do that type of work if that work comes my way. I've never been great at Looking for that kind of work, which is part of what a freelancer needs to be.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and I always like your work, so that's why I'm like, oh, uh, you know, can you be in here? Can you be in here so I can see your work?
1: (laughs) That's Uh, what I want to see. (laughs) I I do more like I do a lot of custom stuff now for 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 pay, and that's I don't love doing that. I'd much rather be published, but I can do it well, and Mm -hmm. and I you know, and I'm happy to do.
0: What the define custom stuff, what does that mean? I'm sorry.
1: Uh like, you know, caricature work. Yeah, I, like okay. I said I do, do do caricatures. Um posters, uh special occasion posters, T shirt design oh. oh, caricatures,
0: hats, um that type of thing. I see. Okay. And I assume if somebody wanted to you do a commission or something like that, it was like somebody wanted to spy versus sab poster and uh, say do a commission you do something like that
1: i just it's so funny you said that because i do have you know and i want to say um uh chet um put me on to this one guy that you may even know um and he specifically wanted a shut up page drawn that he wrote you know, I don't. It's not going to publication anywhere. He right. just wanted to have a shut-ups page drawn in the style that it was used to be drawn in that crack with yeah. his panels and writing them. So I, I drew it up for him, and I, I just sent it off to him. He really liked it. <laughs> so you know, and I charged him a commission for, yeah. for doing that. So yeah. I'll, I'm happy to do that type of thing too. All right. Again, I'd rather have stuff published, but I, you, yeah. know, with, you know, if. Uh, If there's opportunities for that, I'll I'll jump on them. But without those, you know, with with less of those, for me anyway, I'm
0: happy to do this other stuff, too. Yeah, I I know some... I I have friends, and we may even be talking about the same people without saying names. You know, it's like I have some friends that uh, will get certain artists to cover recreations, uh, you know, nice. Marvel comics covers and things like that. You know, um, and especially if the original artist is no longer with us, if the other person can draw kind of in a similar style, you know, right. they do that. <laughs> I would
1: like to. I would like to at some point, you know. I'm not sure any of this artwork would would have value for anybody, but I have a lot of artwork from those years, and I, I just was going through it. I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do with all this stuff? Yeah. So if you ever hear of anyone that's interested in cracked art original art, I've got a lot of it and, you know, I'd love to move it. (laughs) Yeah, well,
0: I mean, (laughs) uh, this is the perfect place to plug it, so, you know, it's like, um, you know, because I'm going to post it on the website, on on the crack page and things like that, so, you know, you can certainly... Well, we'll do that that at the end. We'll get all the plugs in and all that stuff, but... (laughs) uh, (laughs) What was I going to ask you? Um, Is there ever a chance, you know, you say you have all this artwork, uh, to either self-publish or publish through another vendor, you know, just kind of a best of, you know, the best of all your uh, material, or is there copyrights or anything prohibiting maybe you doing that, you know, because it doesn't really say Cracked on it, it's just work you did.
1: Well, some of the stuff that does say you know, the oh. Cracked page says Cracked on it, oh, and, yeah. and a few other things do, but, but I, most of it does not, you know, it, it, I... Have never really thought about doing that. I, um, I'm, you know, I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what kind of an audience there is for that. Some yeah. of this stuff is is not as timely now as it was back then. So I'm not right. sure. You know, I just don't know how something like that would go. I've yeah. never really explored it yeah. either. I've I, I, I've explored it more on the sports uh, cartoon. Uh, front because some of that stuff is pertinent to yeah. local places that I've
0: worked. Yeah, and actually, that—that that was a question I was thinking earlier. Is like, has, have you ever compiled any of your sports cartoons into any sort of book collection or anything like that? I, I'd be interested in something like that. But
1: yeah, I, I, the son wanted to do one years ago, and I again was not ambitious enough to kind of follow up on it. So I, mm. I didn't really do that and you know again I think some of that stuff is you know some stuff would work there and some stuff would be just that's that's also very dated and that's fleeting dated stuff even even some of the crack stuff you know because it's movies that we, we run all the time but sports events because yeah. they are you know they happen and then they're gone and the next sporting event happens uh, you know some of that stuff doesn't carry, like, say, a, a good editorial cartoon would, where you've, you've you've... Now, some of it does. Some of it's issue yeah. issue oriented, and
0: those type of cartoons, I think, have a lot more staying power. <laughs> so not much demand for Super Bowl twenty two,
1: huh? <laughs> Probably not. I mean, I, you know, I don't
0: know. It's the turn 53 I, now, really.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I If someone came along to me and ask me about that, I'd be all in on it. You know, I'd yeah. just round up this stuff. But I think, yeah. you know, you sound way more organized than me, Mark, <laughs> as, a, as a person that, you know, has all your stuff filed. I have just all my stuff in big room. Or I'm you know, just I more enthusiastic about your out.
0: artwork. It's like, I want I want a recidivist book, please. <laughs> no, it's like, well, it just, it, 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 it actually kind of bugged me, to tell you the truth, that, Mad used to publish, and they don't even do this now, but, uh, you know, like a Don Martin paperback or a Sergio paperback. And so there was all these paperbacks featuring their star artists. But Crack never did that. They did a few just standard paperbacks with just random stuff, and it was before you were even there. And uh, that was kind of the end of it. And it's like you know you know i i know more Ta- todd kind of tried to do that but he's still kind of focused more on like severin and davis and a few others you know
1: yeah, yeah i i think you know and he probably did it the way the best way that you could do that you know which yeah. was that you know mad had such unique artists yeah. uh that had such unique you know uh and such unique features. I don't know, didn't have as many of those. To my yeah. my thinking was you know, Madhead, you know, Paul Coker, and all those kind of horrible cliches. And you could put all those in a book, and that's a great book. You know, yeah. Yeah. With yeah.
0: which them, they
1: have. <laughs> <going>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love those. I, that's another one of my favorite artists.
0: Yeah i don't know oh, i just okay. am like thinking you know oh you should do you know like if you worked at mad you would have had one you would have had a, the best of spies versus saps book you know
1: it's like <laughs> yeah maybe but i mean huh. yeah that's that's i don't i don't have any regrets because of that like yeah. i yeah. like being a team guy yeah. on cracked with all the different artists that were there and yeah. <laughs> you know i i and, and part of just the pages that kind of made that up to me you know just kind of working with someone as super talented as john severin on mm-hmm. the same staff as me was really you know, very very exciting for me as a as a you know a humor illustrator yeah.
0: did you do any other mashups like that like you know we were talking about that gulliver cover uh and also i wanted to ask you about that how did that work did he paint sylvester first and then you drew directly on top of it or was it overlay or how did it work
1: yeah it was an overlay that okay. i ended up painting if, as i recall i think i painted I, I i did an overlay we shot it on film so it was black and white line work on film mm-hmm. and then i painted behind the the spots so they were black and white even though John's artwork was color. And then, uh, but I think I, as I recall, I think the the skin tones I painted in there too. And that was laid over the the cover and it worked really well. I mean, I Mm -hmm. think we concepted some, I just had some gags that we mutually worked on together over the phone Mm -hmm. with it. But it was basically, you know, kind of a a rough layout of what we thought would work good. Mm -hmm. And then the concept of just, in our in our playing all this other stuff in it and then you know getting the actual painting from John and working okay. on that uh, that way with the overlay it was fun yeah I wish I would have gotten to do more things like that but I I don't recall okay any uh, other pro- projects like that?
0: Other than what you're saying, draw, drawing directly on other people's art, right?
1: <laughs> well, that that wasn't really. I, mean, I, I don't even know if some of the. Or John didn't care at all. Yeah. You know, John was fine with it, but there might have been other artists that maybe didn't like that. Yeah. I don't know. Did, well,
0: I remember. Basically, him getting... basically,
1: had the publisher's blessing, so I was, uh, did it. You know.
0: I... I think I don't know if the artists were consulted. I think they just stuck it in there, saying, "Hey, this looks funny." I,
1: I think you're right you know, <laughs> because going, you know it was interesting. The whole thing with reprint books and stuff is just—I've always found it kind of an interesting topic, just because you know that's one of the reasons Don Martin was there was yeah. that he, you know, they waived. A reprint thing for him, and he always had that issue with Mad. So, yeah. so you know, for a couple of years anyway, we got you know cartoon illustration royalty mm-hmm. on that on that magazine, which was just awesome for me to be able to. And it's interesting with him in that you know I worked for American Greetings for a while for about a year, and uh, before getting into newspapers, that they had a concept room in there where you would start as an artist writer for. For American Greetings for highbrow yeah. for the the funny line, mm-hmm. you would start in a concept room, and there were Don Don Martin worked there for a very short time mm-hmm. as a as a greeting card artist and did some concept work. A few, a couple of his concept drawings were there. So were Robert Crumb's. Oh, yeah. A lot of pretty good artists that that actually worked there a brief time and got to, got out of Dodge very quickly. Right. Right. <laughs> I stayed there for a year, though. And, yeah. and you know enjoyed it very much actually yeah.
0: well you, I, I, I think I knew already you were a big Don Martin fan as am I because uh, you did a tribute cartoon to him in one of the latter issues of Cracked yeah. ah yeah I was like
1: right ok I do remember that yeah. and I stayed I actually stayed in touch with his wife mm-hmm. for I've just lost touch with her the last few years but I used to always send her a Christmas card and, mm-hmm. and she would send me a bunch of stuff too so she, she's great yeah. Also, but yeah, I just I when I teach my kids, uh, I teach a cartooning class now just once a week, and and I try to do I try to do some things that because these are sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, so they're not all talented cartoonists. You know, yeah. they just have to take the course no matter what. And so one of the things I do is a, like a sound effects exercise where we <laughs> have a bunch of drawings and you have to come up with Don Martin like sound effects. Where, I mean the kids love that because <laughs> even if you can't draw you can make up funny sounds uh, and of course no one did them better than him.
0: Right. And of course nowadays, t- today's kids wouldn't even know Don Martin did those things so you could be all... <laughs> no,
1: I know. So in a way it, it does kind of, you know, alert them to that type of thing but yeah. yeah, they're not, I don't use Don Martin drawings there, I just use drawing, you know, just cartoons right. that they, I drew up but I show them some Mark cartoons say oh, look cool. this is how this guy approached it <laughs> it a very funny manner you know and they get a kick out of that and, you know and then they go, they go themselves they try to mimic them <laughs> great stuff yeah, that guy was amazing
0: mm-hmm. uh, just before we close I was just curious what other artists you admired over the years uh,
1: um, I love uh, well I love Gary Larson's stuff of course I think he's always was brilliant you know as a writer and an artist just funny he just drew funny you know mm-hmm. um, uh, let's see Put me on the spot here yeah. <laughs> um, uh, um, a lot of some of the New Yorker guys like George Booth and yeah. and um, Charles Adams and um, oh, yeah. some of those guys I think are are fantastic um, I love uh, Ronald Searle's Work, which is really zany. Also, uh, uh, well, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Tom Poles's, uh editorial cartoons in, mm-hmm. in the in the Post. Just partially because I work with him, but partially because he has a very liberal view on things, as do I. So <laughs> I just love that he has kind of a very unique style. You know, as a as a editorial cartoonist, that his his style he developed a very unique style. Not uh, like a McNally style, which was was uh, popular at the time. He he developed his own style. So McNally's a great cartoonist too. I love I love his stuff also. So mm-hmm. um, I know, I'm a fan of a lot of different cartoons. Cartoons more Drucker, of course. Any of the any any in almost all of the Mad guys, but more Drucker.
0: Did you try to pattern yourself after anybody in particular, or just you kind of create your own style? Just
1: I mean, you know when I was at american greetings i i, I tried to do a little bit of a like a Coker kind of style because he was a of course he was a hallmark artist right. for a number of years and and so I, I was a little bit derivative of his yeah. stuff, but I think, I think my styles I think I developed my style at least over the you know to more of an my own style over the yeah. last few years, but I think you know initially, like like we said, Sergio for sure, and then uh, uh, you know Don Mar- little Don Martin, a little a little a little here and there, little little parts from everybody. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, now it's that proverbial. Uh, end of the show plug time so do you have any websites or anything to plug anything you want to sell <laughs> I
1: I I wish I did I don't really have that I you know if anybody likes playing trivia we have a lot of fun on it on Facebook just Facebook friend me on uh, on Facebook Michael Rucigliano and you know you can get on there and and play along I'm um, I would i I would love to be doing a little more drawing if anybody out there is is uh, interested in in this style and this type of writing i'm I'm available <laughs> <laughs> for doing certain no, projects. no problem. I'm, I'm older now, so I keep selective about my projects, but I yeah, but i i I would uh, I, I still love drawing and I still love writing, and I would um, would relish the chance to get
0: some stuff published out there that would be fun okay so the facebook page is probably the best place to contact you then
1: that's the best place to contact me you know and and connect with me okay is, is 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 via facebook yes
0: all right well very good and uh let's see i thank you very much for being my podcast guest any final words of wisdom or anything for any aspiring artists or or, or anything Uh, to say profoundly about your career
1: (laughs) uh no i've loved being a cartoonist my whole career i it's like there's there's people i'm fans huge fans of that you know just to be kind of doing the same type of stuff that they do over the years to be published for all those years in a, in a few different uh types of publications uh, varieties of publications has been you know something i'm very proud of as a as a uh, as an artist i'm i'm happy to tell people that i've been a cracked magazine cartoonist a you know a sports cartoonist and a a number of newspapers a greeting card artist all of those those are those are great fun careers and i still enjoy having a lot of fun so so i I picked the right career i think
0: hey okay well i want to thank you for being my
1: podcast guest
0: today i always enjoy talking with you and uh i want to thank you again
1: thanks mark it's fun being on with you, and I, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that you're such a big cartoon fan too. So that's, so it's easy to talk to you that way.
0: All right, sounds good. And uh, we'll be posting this in a, a few weeks, and uh, we'll have hopefully we'll get more responses from other crack fans and just fans of your art in general.
1: Great. Thanks. Thanks again. Uh, I'll see you back on Facebook. Okay. I'll see All you on right. Facebook too. Thanks a lot, Michael. Take care. All right.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening. Thank you again for being my special guest, Michael Rusigliano. Episode number 28 will be coming soon. If you'd like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. You can also become a patron of Fun Ideas Productions. And if everyone listening just contributed $1 a month, that would be a tremendous help. This has been the Fun Ideas Podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2019. Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you very much and have a good night.